This is episode 101 of the Rising Man podcast with Stefano Sefandos. If it be a sin to covet honor, I am the most offending soul. Greetings, rising men and women. Love to all your ladies out there too. My name is Jedi Azuma, your host and creator of the Rising Man Movement. Locked and loaded with another amazing conversation to share with you all today. A new year, new decade is upon us, only two weeks away. Many changes and exciting upgrades to the Rising Man Movement coming up for you. So here's a quick breakdown. First of all, all Rising Man content, events, and information will now be housed at risingman.org. Yes, that includes podcast downloads and information regarding the podcast. For anything Rising Man related, make sure you guys head over to risingman.org from now on. It's a work in progress, so bear with us, but everything's going to be happening there from now on. If you're a man without a men's circle, wait no longer. Join the Rising Man Fire Circle for just $67 a month and get access to your own men's team, monthly training calls with me, guest presenters and so much more. If you don't have a team, if you don't have a circle, if you don't know where to find men who are up to the things that we're talking about on this podcast, then don't wait. All you need is a Wi-Fi connection and a computer and you can be a part of the fire circle. So go do that today if you're not already involved with us there. And if you're feeling the call to ceremonially mark your passage into manhood, to clarify your purpose and create lifelong brotherhood with nine other men, then apply to or participate in our four-day vision fast called Compass. You can get more info and a link to apply over at risingman.org. Okay, let me introduce my guest for today. Stefanos Sifandos is a wonderful man who I met recently at the Sacred Sons Convergence. Through his own personal experiences, learning from many masters along the way, and deeply examining his own masculinity and social constructs of what it means to be a man, Steph has set out on a quest to free the hearts of men. With courses and programs such as Conscious Warrior, Reclaim Your Kingdom, and many others, Stefanos guides men into clarity and purpose with what Ever obstacle is in front of them. A master of relationship dynamics, Steph has also become a valuable resource for men and women in the art of creating fulfilling and fruitful relationships by being a bridge between the masculine and the feminine. In this episode, we discussed how awareness and maturity are the signature hallmarks of a man, why sex is much more than just a physical act, and why we become lazy and complacent with sex when in long-term relationships. Steph offers several tips on maintaining relationships and why deliberate celibacy can be revolutionary to rewire our relationship with the feminine. If you guys have never chosen to be celibate for a period of time, this is definitely something you're going to want to check out. We debunk the myth that men want sex more than women. Checking in with yourself. Where is your sexual desire coming from? Steph shared how sex is inherently creative and that this energy can be used in infinite ways. And perhaps the biggest lesson that I took home is that physical intimacy doesn't always mean sex. Start experimenting and finding other ways to create intimacy with your partner. This and so much more, without further ado, Stefanos Safandos. All right, all you risers out there, I've got another powerhouse of a man joining me on the podcast today. My brother, Stefanos Safandos, here in somewhere in California, but via via Greece. How you doing, brother? Yeah, I'm good, man. So really happy to be here. I've been looking forward to this conversation for some time. Yes, man. Yes. Yeah. And from our first physical interaction over mm. at Convergence, just, gosh, just a few weeks ago, really. Mm. It seems like a much longer time mm. than that. But yeah. Sometimes you just recognize real in another brother, and that's that was my experience of you, man. Likewise, man. My heart's full when I see you. I just see, like I said to you earlier, I see 
this man in motion that is just in integrity and is just fucking inspiring and just living his truth. And I just think to myself, I want to get in on that. Let me get around, in and around that guy. (laughs) That's for me, that's just how can I grow? How can I expand myself? It's just to be around people that I feel, not only see and witness, but feel have something to really offer where I can learn, I can grow from that. So I just I get goosebumps now talking about it, man. That is how mm. I feel about you and I'm really grateful to, to just have you in my life at whatever capacity, really. Beautiful, man. Well, thank you so much. And the feeling is completely mutual. So so let's start off, man. Same place that we start off all these episodes mm. and that is for you. What is the difference between a boy and a man? Oh, <laughs> I've done so many, so I've written so much on this. For me, if I have to really just bring it right down, make it very, very simple, very, very simple, it's awareness and maturity versus fear and immaturity. Now, before I continue, though, I want to be very clear on something. There's two types of boys, too. There's the boy that needs to be a boy. There's a boy that is in a demographic, is in a, at an age, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old, that needs to be a boy. He needs to play. He mm. needs to be immature. It's healthy for him to be immature. He gets to explore himself, push his boundaries, push his edge. Then there's the man that acts like a boy and hasn't grown up. It's not tarnishing the essence of boy. Boy is a necessary part of our growth. It's the man that thinks or acts, tries to act like a man or believes he's a man, but really his actions are that of immaturity and based in fear. He hasn't grown up because he's not ready for the next evolution of himself and the next evolution of what he can bring to the world. Now, is that completely his fault? No. Is he responsible for his growth? Yes. Mm. When I say it's not his fault is that we live in a society, and I don't want to get too much on a tangent here, so I'll make this really brief, but we live in a society, and I know you can relate to this, where we lack that mentorship and that guidance by a familiar essence of masculinity or man, where we have a man that we relate to and we can say, or men, not just man, men, a community of men that we can say, okay, I can be guided. I can be I can be advised, this is not the correct way of being. Here's another way. Why don't you try this? We, we, we lack that, that, that mentorship, that direct connection to elders in our, in our society today. And I think that's a key component that we're missing, man, as men. And I speak about this a lot where women have this, the female body has a very distinct evolution of child to adult. And that is the mm-hmm. menstrual cycle. It's very clear. It's biological. It's distinct. Boys don't have that. Yeah, we all grow now. Penises grow, we get pubic hair, we get hair, we become bigger, we become strong. But women, that happens to women as well. We grow, but we don't have that distinct, okay, boy to man, boy to man, where is it? And we need that cultural guidance. We lack that so much, man, with divorce rates, with, with men, men overworking, working too much, being in jobs that they're not happy with. I mean, the disconnection from father to son and the, the father being isolated himself and not having his own peers that then he can bring into his family and say, here are your uncles. Here, here are men that you can rely on when I'm not around. Like we, we lack that. You know, the, the, one of the biggest issues men face is I feel isolated. I feel alone. I don't have anyone to talk to. Right. Yeah, it's, it's one of the biggest wounds that we all share. And I think we've gotten to a point, I say the exact same thing on here, man. So mm. I, you're echoing beautifully the message that we have here is that that mentorship and those initiatory rights yeah. have disappeared. Yeah. And we've gotten to a point where now it's it's at least two or three generations of men that have, so even the guys who are elders now, quote unquote elders, looking like elders, were never initiated. They never even decided or, or were reflected by their community that they had indeed 
demonstrated the merits to be seen as a man, mm. to, to really be responsible for the community. So, of course, there's no mentorship for especially the guy, most of the guys who listen to this 20s and 30s, because the majority of those, quote unquote, mentors are still looking for that themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So it's created this cycle of absentee mentorship. Anyway, that's what we're creating in the world, right? That's yeah. why Rising Man, that's why Sacred Sons, that's why everything that we've already engaged in. And mm. so I appreciate you bringing that to the table, especially when you acknowledge that the, that's not to say the boy is bad. I noticed that a lot of times asking that question between the difference between boy and man suggests that one is more desirable or better than the other. So, you know, without going on a tangent in yeah. that direction, I, I appreciate your perspective there. Because here's the thing. My experience of you at Convergence with the Sacred Sons, you led a workshop called Man and Sex, mm. which was about much more than sex, mm. right? It's mm. so much more mm. than, and sex itself is much more than just the physical act of, of sexual intercourse. So it brought up something for me personally, though, because I realized my own personal reflection was how lazy I can be in my relationship. Because life is so busy. I'm a man on a mission. I've got so much going on out in the world that I want to squeeze sex into my really tight schedule. And, and my wife ain't down with that. <laughs> she's, like, she's like, I need more than that. We can't just put it on the schedule in like 15 or 30 minute increments. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you, so you said something. That's, that's what was brought up for me in your work. And I know you talked about this entitlement and relationship. So let's, let's open up there and see where the conversation carries us. Yeah, I think we. I think entitlement in relationship it, it comes down a great deal to complacency, mm. and and we become we become not only complacent, but we become assumptuous as well. I, I think that's a problem. I think that's a problem in relationship when we start taking for granted what we have, and we and let's be let's be honest, right? We we all we all do this. We all we all do this. We become complacent. We become busy. We we become distracted, and we're also biological beings. We need to to have sex. It's healthy for us. It's a form of connection. It's a form of intimacy. It's not the only form of intimacy. Mm-hmm. It's not the only form of intimacy. And so we mistake it though because it's so tangible and it's so immediate and it's so gratifying. We we mistake it for the only form of intimacy. And so when we're feeling disconnected or isolated or alone or we're not feeling intimately connected to ourselves, we start seeking that intimacy outside of ourselves. I remember so many years, man, doing that. I mean, a friend of mine put a post up the other day, I think it was yesterday actually, and he, he, he's talking about being celibate for a period of time. And he said, you know, anyone that could help has had experience in this space, uh, you know, I'd be really appreciative. And I've, I've, I've deliberately practiced celibacy a number of times in my life. It got me thinking to one of the... You know, a few years ago when I practiced, it was about 12 months where there was no sex. It was, you know, essentially a no feminine diet, no, no <laughs> masturbation, no pornography. I mean, I gave up pornography before then anyway, but just nothing, you know, no, no sex, no, no physical intimate contact, no flirtation with a woman. Like really, I, I broke that sometime. I'll be flirting in that space, but there was no physical contact. I kept to that. There was no ejaculation except for my body saying, hey, you better fucking ejaculate so I'd have a wet dream or two during that period. Uh (laughs) But besides that, I mean, I was really, really clear on that. And I started thinking about how that affected me in a very healthy, positive way and what that did for me and how I started to reframe and just completely differently, just look differently at myself. My, I, I, I had a different relationship with my cock. I had a different relationship with sex, with sexuality, with women. I started looking at the feminine in a different way. I'd be able to spend time with women and not really think about, oh, I'd like to have sex with you or maybe I can have sex with you because it, I, I took that option off the table. 
I didn't have that option there. And so I would start to relate very, very differently to how I perceived a woman. And I started objectifying her less because I started to realize, wow, I really objectify people that I want to have sex with. Right. And it became it became this focus on, well, how can I just have sex with them? Yes, it can be emotional and it can be connected and it can be beautiful and there can be transparency there, but it was really about that self-gratification. Now, there's nothing wrong with that, but it was too much of a driver for me where it would I would notice it would alter my behavior. And I'd become right. manipulative some way. It's very, this is subtleties, man. These are the subtleties, It's right? so subtle, man. I know exactly what you're you, talking about. It's so, <laughs> it's so subtle. subtle. It's not yeah. like I'm, I'm waking up in the morning thinking, mm, how can I manipulate a woman to have sex with me? Not at all. <laughs> De- fucking definitely right. not. But it, it was, it was, or how can I, you know, the energetic of it was, how can I get what I think I need and want right now? Yes. And so when we come from that place, we become entitled again. That oh, I deserve that. I should be having that. Or I'm in a relationship. I should be having sex X amount of times a week. You know, you fill in the gaps, whatever, whatever belief you have around that. And so I started having it, man. When I first got together with my wife, Christine, we, we, we just went, we had the honeymoon period for about three weeks and then we just fucking went into it. Like oh. it was maybe more than that, maybe five or six weeks, but we went, we went deep very quick and all the old wounding came up. And what we did differently in this relationship, we, we didn't run. We chose not to run and we chose to really look at our stuff. We, we chose to really say, okay, what's happening beneath the layers here? Man, one of my things was, oh, we should be having sex once to twice a day. Mm-hmm. Then why, why, sh- why wouldn't we be? We should just be doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, the interesting thing is I'm not a massive high sex drive guy, but those actions you think it would be. But I was coming from a place of wounding. And I, the wounding that I was coming from was insecurity. The place that I was coming from was if she doesn't want to have sex with me, then maybe she's not really interested in me or she doesn't feel about me the way I feel about her. And so my, my old codependent pattern started coming out. And so I was coming from desperation, not inspiration. I was coming from fear. And so going on and going back to the one of the 12-month celibate paths that I was on, it got me really looking at all that stuff. Now, many years later with Christine, that stuff still came up, but I was able to deal with it very differently, very, very differently. Sure. And so, you know, we've learned to connect in different ways outside of sex, the way we communicate and speak to each other, the way we literally, we tell each other how appreciative we are of each other's lives, of each other, of the love that we share, of the way that we connect and communicate. We hug, we hold, we smile. I'll, I'll look at her sometimes and just, I'll cry, man. I'll be in tears because I'm so grateful for what I have in my life and what we have and what we share and how we grow together. And so there's all these different ways of, of intimacy. Like for example, another concrete example, I said, darling, I'm on the phone with the DMV. Oh, that's another fucking story. But <laughs> this morning, right? Oh, fuck me. Anyway, I'm on the phone with DMV. I said, look, I'm on hold. Could be an hour. Do you need me to do anything for you? Do you need, we know we're moving house at the end of this month. Is there anything that I need to tie up that you haven't done yet or that I haven't done yet that needs to be done? She said, I'd really appreciate if you could get a few movers and then give me four or five of them, and I'll call them later on in the week because I know you've got a big week. I said, done. So I did that mm-hmm. while I'm on hold. Guess what? That's a form of intimate connection. because it's, yes. it's, it's, it's And we, we forget that, man. We forget that. And I've got goosebumps talking about this because we think that unless we're having sex or we're being passionate, we're lacking intimacy. And so, you know, that entitlement as men, we, we you know, we, and it's, it's a fallacy as well that men want sex more than women. Biologically, right. that's not necessarily true. And there's a shit ton of study and research that's been done in this, right? And so, but we think as men, we, we need to be having sex. I deserve to be having sex. Well, sure, that's great. You want that? That's fantastic. What are you going to give and who are you going to be in order for your woman to open up to you, to open up her sexual center to you, 
her heart to you and hint, hint, her way to her sex is through her heart. It's not through mm. her sex. It's through her heart. Yes. We forget that, man. We forget that as men. And so what does our woman need in order for her to open up willingly to us? And you'll yes. find it's not about quantitative numbers, man. Oh, I have to have sex three times a day or three times a week. It's more about the quality of the connection. And that's enhanced with how everything that's done leading up to the sex, whether it's the day, the hour, the, the 10 days, whatever it is, a month, it doesn't matter. And we forget mm. about that. And so that entitlement comes, I think, from being assumptuous, from being complacent, from not seeing ourselves and not seeing our woman for what she really truly needs. Because we just want, we yeah. demand, we want, we want, we want, but we don't want to give. It doesn't work like that. We're breaking yeah. into the seat. I, I know that one so well, especially now, five years into marriage, mm. two kids. Wow. It just seems like, obviously this is a story, but mm. the space and time we had for intimacy that we, that we used to have when we, before kids, before any of the stuff we're up to now, it just seems like so, so distant and so long ago. And it's required that we look for, like you're suggesting these, these new forms of intimacy. Mm. For example, it was just her birthday this past Sunday and I came back from being out in the desert for a week. So I got to take care of the kids all day while she went with some girlfriends to LA and just completely pampered herself and got the whole massage and spa treatment. And you know, filling up the cup is usually what we call it in our in our relationship. Mm. You know, when her tanks are full, she's much more available for sexual intimacy. Right. And sometimes it's not even doesn't require such a big thing. Sometimes it's, oh, my God, you, you fix that thing I've been asking you to fix for a couple of weeks or, mm. you, oh, my God, you, you vacuum the carpet. It's, it's mm. tiny stuff yeah. like that that is actually intimacy because. One thing I had to learn about women is they have stuff going on in their heads all the time. Yeah. And if we try to step into an intimate space and they're just thinking about, oh my God, I didn't finish the laundry. Oh my God, there's dirty mm. dishes in the sink. It's, mm. It doesn't allow them to drop into that space. Mm. Whereas for me, it's like, hey, if you tell me that there's an opening, I'm ready to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, let, let's do it. Let's, let's go for it. So, uh, so I appreciate your, your suggestion here that we don't assume intimacy because we're in a relationship and that we mm. continue to work for it mm. continue that's that's the one thing that all the old married couples have told us mm. is effort don't put the, yeah don't quit putting effort into the relationship yeah. don't ever stop dating each other don't ever stop mm. courting each other because it's hard to rekindle that flame it's mm. like when that if that flame starts to die out it's like building up a fire with wet logs yeah you know it's so, so much ground to pick back up on so mm. I just noticed for, for myself, and we've been in this conversation, Carrie and I, lately, where I've leaned on the strength of our relationship. We both have. We've leaned on the strength of our relationship mm. for a while now, and it's time for us to stoke that fire mm. consciously. And, and, and really, it, it requires effort because of how busy we are in our lives yeah. with the kids, with our businesses, etc. But it's got to be a priority. Otherwise, we, sh we shouldn't expect those things to just be available to us. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I really resonate with that. I think we have to, we, we need to deliberately choose to make it a priority. And I, I believe in addition to that, and I want to say something here that I think can be really important because some men, some brothers may be listening and thinking, oh, I just got to do things for her and then I can get sex. Well, hold on a second. Wait. Yeah. Because <laughs> a woman's intuition, she knows. And the, the, a female brain is 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 wired very differently, not very differently, but differently to men. Her intuitive senses, her attentive faculties around that are actually hardened compared to men. And so if your intention is not clear and clean, if your intention, again, is coming from a place of lack or wanting to just receive, 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 and you're only doing in order to receive, she'll know. She'll feel mm -hmm. that. She'll feel that. And so it's not about 
giving to your woman in order to receive, that's got to be secondary. You've got to get in the mindset and the mind frame and the heart set of how can I serve my queen? How can I serve the woman that I'm with? How can I really just do something for her? Now, here's the thing. Again, some men may be saying, what about me? Absolutely, what about you? Why can't your queen and your woman, the woman that you're with, do that in parallel? Now, if you're both thinking like that, you're both coming from a place of service. How can you not connect if your values are aligned and you share and you share that love, right? How can that not happen? It's going to, it's definitely going to happen. So the opportunity is to both give, is to both come from a place of service and giving, and you're just going to fill each other up so well. But that requires faith. It requires oh, yeah. faith in the other person. Trust. And it's it actually yeah, trust it what a way to strengthen intimacy too, is mm. to really give wholeheartedly to another human being, your partner, somebody that you love deeply, without an expectation of something in return. And to, mm. to trust that whatever your needs are that, that that individual can provide will show up without it needing to be this, without having this exchange mentality. It's not a transaction. We, we, we got to stop thinking of intimacy as a transaction. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so much of our lives thing. are like that. Yeah, it's it's way sexuality is way way too transactional in our world today, mm-hmm. and and that's what I was getting at before. You said it really well, where it can't be transactional. What I was getting at before as well, and part of that is that it need, it can't come from a place of I'm going to give to you only to receive. I'm giving to you for the intrinsic value of giving to you, and you know what? I'm happy with that. And so, in order to get to that place, you've got to do your inner work as a human being, as a man. If you're listening to this, you've got to do your inner work to be able to get to that place to really feel the fullness of that. Otherwise, you just won't. And that's that's obviously the issue with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Well, I think that's a great point to bring up. And there's another thing that came up for me recently. I'm sure you'll have something to share about this one. Mm. So, so I said, like I said, I was in the desert for eight days, which means I was completely remotely remote from anything out in the world, digital stuff. We, we were just out in Death Valley, com- completely removed the technology, no connection with my family. And I noticed something really interesting because I tend to think of myself as a highly sexual man because I just have, not that I walk around with sex on my mind all the time, but I'm always available for that. If there's any moment in the day where my wife says, hey, what's up? Then I'm like, yeah, let's do it. And I noticed that that voice wasn't as loud when I was out in the desert and I was there for eight days and started thinking about that a little bit. And I noticed that, hmm, how often does the pursuit of sex or the act of sex become just another distraction for me? And how often am I calling it something else? Oh, well, it's an opportunity to be intimate with my wife. So that's got to be a priority. Whereas is my drive to have sex actually as strong as I think it is? Because when I'm out in the desert, I'm in my element, I'm being of service, it came up 90% less than it does in my normal day-to-day life. So it just made me wonder, like we were talking about subtleties, how, how subtle are those stories that we tell ourselves about our need for sex? And I know for me, for one, I'm examining that very closely right now. Because if I could be out in the desert with a bunch of stinky guys <laughs> for eight <laughs> days and not have nearly the desires or urges around sex that I normally have, then what am I doing in my life here? What am I trying to avoid that's uncomfortable? Where am I trying to escape to in this realm of sexuality? Mm. So I wonder your thoughts on that. So for me, man, when I went, when I, every time I've gone through a process of deliberate celibacy, what I've found is 
the the amount of energy I was placing into sex and in the most extreme or unhealthy posturing, I would be hours sometimes, hours on you know certain dating apps, three, four, five hours a day scrolling, replying to women, trying to say things to them that I think they want to hear, you know, sometimes being completely honest and transparent as well and all of that too, but just really disconnected from myself. And when I removed myself from that, I felt so light. And for me, I went deep, deep into creation, man. I created so many different programs. I read so much. I sat with myself in silence. I learned from others. I really had all this time and space, energetic space, attentive space to be able to devote to other things that were of great importance. And I realized how much of a false prioritization I was placing on sex. Not to say that it wasn't important, it's just the way I was doing it. It was coming from a lot of fear and desperation, validation, external validation, needing to be seen, needing to be understood, not really connecting to my truth, just coming from old patterns, man, that just weren't serving me. You know, that I was, the more sex I got and the more women I was with meant that I was a better human being that I was more valuable, that I was more worthy, that I was more attractive, that I had an edge, whatever it was, right, you fill the, fill the gap. And so when I really cut that out, like you did, you, you did the being in the desert with for a week with men, you, you, you don't have, you're not surrounded by women, you're not surrounded by society, you're not in, your, in the space of your, of, of your wife. You get to disconnect from that for a moment and just step outside of yourself and look and say, okay, where, where am I here? What's really, really important? Mm-hmm. So we get to ask those questions when we take that space. And I recommend having, you know, we call it a no feminine diet for, <laughs> for every, every man, whether it's you know, four weeks, six weeks, six months, one year, whatever it may be, go deeper into understand yourself from that space. Make, mm-hmm. make, the, make the time and place the effort into knowing your sexuality and where your sexual desire is coming from. Because more often than not, I promise you, they're coming from unhealthy, distorted, extreme places that aren't actually in alignment with your truth and your values. Right. I, I completely agree. And and it makes me think of the act of sex. So sexual intercourse is by definition creative. It's creating life. So if we're pumping all of our energy into sex or the pursuit mm-hmm. of sex, then we're putting so much of our creative capacity into into that space and i've noticed i've done stretches of celibacy and obviously every time i go out to the desert it's Mm. you know a a mini celibate vacation Mm. and i noticed that a lot of that energy that normally gets directed towards this is shifted somewhere else there's more available of me the the poems the songs that i like to write they just tend to flow out when i'm in that space and i'm removed of this other stuff so for anybody who's experiencing a lack or a dearth of creativity in your life this is a good parallel to look at it's not the only outlet for it but look at how how much emphasis are you putting on sexual pursuits and what is that taking away from other creative areas of your life, whether it be business or artistry or something else? Yes. Yes, man. For sure. Yeah. That plays a big part, big part in it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, it's huge. And so we, we, we diagnosed a lot of different things here. I'm, I'm loving what you have to say is so much wisdom to bring to this conversation. I know in a masculine space though, we have to talk about solutions too. So in thinking of where can we as men go from here, if we're, if we're taking a 30,000 foot perspective and looking at men and how we've held our sexuality, how we've directed sexual energy, where do you think is the most effective place or some of the most effective strategies for us to start shifting that? Yeah, I think what we've been speaking about in terms of having an, an absence from sex, 
and then having that no feminine diet and that no sex diet where you're that's a starting point where you're you're cutting out pornography you're you're choosing not to have sex even if you're in a relationship you have that conversation with your partner and say look for one week or two weeks if you, and you've got, if you're in a relationship it's a different conversation because you have to be attentive to that person and their needs as well but if you're not in a relationship you, you're actively choosing to pull right back from sexual pursuits just for a period of time whatever i would start i mean ideally three months minimum 90 days minimum and that gives you an opportunity to really observe i would spend the first week or two in literal observation nothing else i wouldn't even take notes wouldn't even be taking notes wouldn't be journaling wouldn't be doing any practices just observing no Mm. masturbation no pornography limit your contact with females even your friends, like you can even let them know, say, look, I'm, I'm doing this practice for a while and it doesn't mean I, I can't see you and don't, can't talk to you just for a couple of weeks at least to begin with. I've got to have that distance. I've got to be in my own space. Then after that, you can start journaling. Then you can start making observations about where, what, how is sexual energy or your, your thoughts around sex, how is it filling up your day and where does it come from? Because you have clarity. That's the thing. You, you can say, oh, well, I, want to, I can ask these questions when I'm having sex. Yes, you can, but you don't have the clarity because you're not disconnected from it. And so it's just a period of time. Just gonna get, it's not going to be forever. It's not going to kill you. <laughs> Trust me, it won't kill you. Uh, if anything, it's going to make you far more aware of who you are. And you can start asking questions around, Okay, so where am I finding a need to be validated? And there's nothing wrong with sex. Let me be very clear about this. It's a basic biological function that helps with our survival. There's a reason why it feels so good and you're allowed to do it and you should be doing it. It's healthy for you to do. And it's not so healthy when the come from is vested in old trauma or old pain or fears or belief systems that are limited and belief systems that aren't really in your best interest as the man that you are today. Mm-hmm. So in order to understand that, we have to create some distance from it. And that's where I would start. That, that there is, is a powerful and simple solution and it's also hard to do. It's difficult. But mm-hmm. if we can do that, and then after two, three weeks, start journaling, start thinking, get, getting some pen to paper because there's tremendous neurological vertical brain integration and left-right brain hemispherical integration that takes place when we start writing down our thoughts. We start to see what we're writing and what we're thinking, and we then reinterpret and we're able to reframe it. And so you get to know yourself at a deeper level, and and you, you start to ask questions like, how am I really relating to women? Why am I relating to women in a particular way? What do I want from women? Is it maybe just company and nurturing? Is it, is it validation in words? And that's why, I, because sexual energy just isn't sex. It's not just intercourse. It's your personality. It's how you move through the world. It's how you express yourself. It's how you see yourself. It's how you love yourself. It's how you care about yourself. It's how you care about others. That's part of sexuality as well. Mm-hmm. And so you get, you get to see how you're treating others when you're distant from it. There's a lot of power in that. And that's a really great starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I th- I've done, like I said before, stretches of uh, celibacy myself, no fap is what they call it now, where you know, there's no ejaculation. And also, you know, got for any guy out there who hasn't taken periods of time where you're away from porn or pornography, or even the, this is another one of those sneaky subtleties, all those fitness chicks on Instagram, yep. that it's like basically softcore porn. I mean, yep. come on, let's call it what it is. Like they, there's, the, the brain finds these ways to sneak this stuff in. So if you've never taken one of those hiatuses in your life, from these things uh, 90 days is usually what has has worked really well for me and longer if you feel you want to extend it it really does it gives a different totally different perspective i mean yeah. that's when that's taken off the table just how much energy and and thought 
we put into into that stuff. I, so I, I fully endorse that, fully support it. And I'm interested in your thoughts about for men in relationship, because that's like you said, that's a totally that involves another person. So obviously there has to be clear communication and relationship. But are there other things that you've seen to be really effective when you're in a relationship with a partner, how to deepen intimacy and put less emphasis on the sexual part of it, the sexual act? For sure. There's, there's, there's at least 11, 11 forms of intimacy. And so I would really, as a person in relationship, I would really start focusing on the other forms of, of intimacy. So for example, if, you have, if you're in a relationship and you have children, start focusing on how you're choosing to raise those children as co-parents and start to take action and put plans in place with respect to how you treat each other in reference to your children, how you raise your children, how you serve your children. How, which is essentially how you're serving a society and yourselves and start placing a focus on that. Cause again, you're building, you're choosing to build intimacy in different ways, in different, in, you know, different ways, shapes and forms. And that's very, very important. And so you, that you now get to choose, okay, how do I want to be in the world? How do, how do I want to express intimacy outside of just sexual intimacy? Right? Because again, there's, there's, there's spiritual intimacy. When you're in that partnership, sharing and discussing ideas around your spiritual practices, having your own spiritual individual practice and maybe having a practice together. Maybe that's meditating together. Maybe that's doing some uh, some ecstatic dance together. Maybe it's going and witnessing satsang together. Maybe it's doing yoga together. Maybe that's part of your spiritual practice. Maybe it's discussing your spiritual beliefs. Maybe it's going to Bible studies or church once or twice a week. But th- there's a way to develop your intimacy outside of sexual intimacy. Intellectual intimacy is another form of intimacy where you're sharing ideas, belief systems, philosophies, ideologies, geopolitical constructs, history. You know, mm-hmm. You're sharing interests. Maybe you do a book club between you as well. That's, that's really powerful too. Again, there's other forms of intimacy. You know, there's physical intimacy where it's not just sexual intimacy. It's holding hands. It's hugging. That's not to say that you can't or shouldn't have sex or that you negate sexual intimacy. It's just can you fill your cup? Feel your needs in other forms of intimacy and practice that and, and start to experiment. Because again, there's more, I've just given some really tangible ways that you can begin to look at intimacy with a new lens, mm-hmm. a new set of eyes. And then what happens is very naturally, if you're magnetized and attracted towards each other, the sexual intimacy just comes. Mm-hmm. And it comes really organically. You don't have to fucking push for it, you don't have to fight for it. You know, I have mm-hmm. clients that are rejected consistently, day after day week after week from their partners that where they initiate sex and their partners, however they say no, they say no. And it's a hard no, however they express that. And it's destroying them and debilitating them. And they're just going within, they're becoming isolated. And it's a vicious cycle. Then they're not talking, they're becoming resentful. And then they're, high, they're too embarrassed to say something to their friends. And man, that's not going to help. No. We've got to speak our truth. And so if sex is really important to you in a partnership and you're not getting enough of it or the quality is not there for you, you have to have a very heartfelt, compassionate conversation with your partner and not accuse, but ask. And here's an example of what the conversation may sound like. Darling, I'd really like to talk to you and probably need a couple of hours. When, when would you have some time? It's really important to me. Your partner's going to say, yeah, at 5 p.m. today, I have some time or tomorrow, whatever it is. Whatever the conversation goes, okay, great, thank you. I'll make that work. I really, I'm excited to speak to you then. And then you speak to your partner in her love language. You know, Maybe her love language is physical touch. Hold her hand and look at her in the eyes and say, look, been thinking a little bit lately and feeling into this and and I'm, I'm i'm sad i'm feeling sad i'm feeling upset i'm feeling even a bit angry and frustrated that 
we're not sexually active as much as I'd like to. And I realize that's not a fault of yours. And part of this is me just wanting to express myself and be very vulnerable and real with you and come from a place of clarity and knowing what I want. And also, whilst I'm doing this, I'm also exploring. I'm exploring what's driving my need to have more sex with you. And you may find that it's a really healthy need to just connect with your woman. But you've got to do that work as a man first. You've got to get clear before you come to your woman. You don't just vomit on your woman and say, oh, you're making me angry. No, no, no. She's not making you do anything. You're choosing to be upset. Yes. And so you own that and say, I'm upset. This isn't your fault. I'm sad. I'm owning that. And I, and I, and I hear, and this is why. And you, you go and you tell, but you've done that self-exploration before you go to her. Mm-hmm. You say, well, what do you need from me? Is there something that I'm not doing that you need from me that I'm not seeing? How can I mm-hmm. serve you? And you start having that conversation, you break down those barriers. You don't go in there accusing her, we need to be fucking having more sex. Why aren't we doing this? Don't you love me? I feel angry. All my other friends are having sex. And what do you think she's going to do? She's going to shut down. What would happen if you're walking on the street and someone starts punching your face? Are you going to say, oh, stop, stop. Let me No, you're going to defend yourself and you're going to put your walls up. Right, exactly. Physically, it's the same thing that's happening in the brain. And so you can't go in accusing someone of being aggressive. You've got to go in there from compassion and empathy and understanding that maybe they're hurting, maybe they're going through some pain. Maybe they're reflecting on their life. Maybe they're thinking, I've had three kids and I didn't follow my career and I'm really sad, but I do love my husband, I do love my kids, but I'm going through a transition. Or maybe their mother's sick and and that's making them sad. Or maybe it's something else. Maybe they have a psychological issue. Who knows? But you you can't go in there being assumptuous. And so that's a really healthy way to start that conversation. But get clear on why you want more sexual intimacy. It could really be coming from a healthy place. I just want to connect more physically and sexually with my wife. And I have a high sex drive. Okay, why? Why do you have a high sex drive? What does that mean for you? Where does that come from? Does it need to be that high or could it even be higher? And what does that mean for you? How do you satisfy that in a way that serves you both? But we have to start having those conversations. Men clamp down too much and don't speak. We have to speak more but from a place of heart. That's, that's our deep work as well is integrating our heart in our communication. Right, right, man. And I think one of the underutilized skill sets of the masculine is curiosity Mm. because there's such a craving for the knowing and certainty when it comes to being a man especially being a masculine man Mm. like driving forward Mm. with certainty and determination and i noticed that especially in relationship with a very feminine woman I miss a lot of opportunities in which I could be curious. I miss a lot of opportunities to be curious because I've got so much single focus in other areas of my life. And, you know, full transparency, I've got that, I'm noticing that ego voice that is so entitled. It's like, well, I do all of these things for for my wife and for my family. I deserve to dot, 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 fill in the blank. I'm out here busting my butt every day. Don't you see me working hard to put food on our table? And that's all about me. It's all, it's all about me and not about her at all. And and unknowingly, if I don't pay attention to it, then I it builds resentment, it builds expectation, and puts something on her that is is not even the the root of it. You know, she she when we really get connected, she wants exactly what I want. She's just going through her own stuff that yeah. I haven't made time to be curious for. Yeah, that's so a point. yeah, it's it's a big thing, man. And I I, th- I know that I'm not unique. I know that I'm not the only man who who experiences that in relationships. So it's important for us to be able to speak about. It. And I love your invitation to come to the conversation with clarity, yeah. to not come into the conversation emotionally charged because that's just going to bounce fire off of each other. Yeah. And I think that's one of the best. 
it's leaky. You know, having a having a brotherhood is where you, you can mm. really get that support from. Like, yeah. okay, I've got this stuff showing up. Can you guys help me make sense of it before I go into conversation with my partner, so that yeah. I don't just go in there and set the whole place on fire? Yeah, yeah. Which is we have that capacity to do, man. I really resonate with you about the curiosity. I, you know, I call it curiosity. I also call it exploration. We, we're we're born explorers, and men have physically and li- literally, males have have discovered the the geography of our world we we've set out to do that you know um that's not to say that women don't have any value or they haven't done other forms of exploration with the wind we're natural explorers or that's that's in our dna it's it's in our it's in our culture it's in our it's in our hearts and so we're very very quick to explore the outer world the depths of the ocean the peaks of the mountaintops outer space yet we don't go inside we don't choose to be curious and explore who we are. And I really feel that's the next evolution of man, that parallel exploration of the inner and the outer world, you know. And and it's something I really pride myself on and I don't always get right. And I know I, you're talking, I'm thinking about myself. When I'm not checking in with Christine and checking in how she's doing, when I know she's doing a lot or I see her busy, but because I'm in my busyness, I'm stuck in my busyness, I, I think I don't have the bandwidth to be curious about where she's at internally. I see her not pulling away from me because we we able to very thankfully with lots of work we're able to come and meet before we pull away fully but i i feel her i feel her not connected and so mm-hmm. that's that an opportunity then for me to be curious about darling what do you need where where are you at how how are you just how are you feeling today i uh, see that you're doing a lot you're overwhelmed the acknowledgement piece is everything mm-hmm. see that you're overwhelmed is anything you need from me I, i've got a really big day today but and and I'm really happy to to help if I can. That's mm-hmm. everything, man. But that's that curiosity. It stems from that curiosity. You know, you know, you know, I've been thinking about this, man, where like how can you instill that in a man? I, I don't think you can. I think a man has to be naturally aspirated for that. I think he needs to be surrounded by inspiring people and events and circumstances where that curiosity is naturally sparked within him. Because I've been thinking about this a lot around how do we get men to be curious. And I don't think we can make them do anything or make them be curious. What I think is we have to, as men that are surrounding other men, is is be the best version of ourselves. And if the other men take that energy on, they'll take it on, they'll start to be curious and then the, the then the momentum starts. But I think it's just we just got to run our own run our own race. And what I mean by that, I'm not talking about being a lone wolf or being isolated. I'm talking about following our bliss if we have a, a level of awareness and living it. And knowing that that will inspire naturally other men, and we surround ourselves with other men that do that in bigger and bigger groups, right? Like what we're doing now. Exactly. Yeah. And, and you know, I, my thoughts on what you're describing here is that there's no natural logical connection between the cause and effect. Mm. You know, the between well, curiosity is the solution to a lot of these issues that we have in our lives because. It's not a it's not a direct relationship. Mm. Because I get more curious about where my sexual urges are coming from, it's hard to make a connection between that and more sexual intimacy and connection and fulfillment. But what we know or what I've learned is that when I when I've made space for deeper curiosity and internal exploration in my own life, from that point forward my life has gotten better. Mm. You know, from that point forward whether I needed to release some traumas, where I whether I needed to identify something that I wasn't facing and face off with it and go Mm. through that grieving, go through that anger, frustration, releasing process, suddenly there's more room. And that's not something that you can explain to a guy logically. You know, it's it's, it's, it's experiential. Yeah. 
do you, do you find do you find that when you start exploring your sexual urges, for example, you're exploring sexual urges that aren't met, right? And you and instead of projecting on your wife or you know blaming your wife or shaming her or whatever it is or just getting angry at yourself or with her or the situation or busying yourself, whatever. When you take the time to be curious about, okay, where are my sexual urges coming from? Do you often find that it's something that you can quote unquote resolve within yourself? That you can you can settle within yourself and then your whole energy changes. And then when you go to your wife, you're met at a different level of intimacy or you're met at the same level, right? Is that, does that? Yeah. For me, I, can, I find that I can only get so far in doing that myself Interesting. because there's, there's still that sneaky part of me mm-hmm. that's like the, it's like the ego that's just in the room, like a, like a wolf dressed in, you know, what is it? Sheep's in, clothing. In, in, yeah. She, there you go. Yeah. Wolf, yeah. Wolf dressed in sheep's clothing yeah. because yeah. until I bring it to a circle of men. That's, yeah. that's what I've always found to be true is until yeah. I can bring that to a circle of men because there's always something else that I can't see. Yeah. Even if I've yeah. brought a big discovery to my men, there's always a deeper discovery to be made when I'm inviting the mirror and the reflection from guys that yeah. I trust who I yeah. who know me and who can see into my heart. That's the key, So man. I think that's the key. I've got, I definitely get better at it. I, I think that's part of the practice is, is deep internal investigation, but the sharing component and asking for the mirror from other people maybe it's men or women but for me it's always it's typically men uh that that seems to really lock in the understanding and that because then from that point i can say hey you know what thank you for this discovery what i'm committed to is and then there's accountability built in that's where i can really move my life forward yeah that accountability piece has been massive for me as well man where i can then take self-ownership and self-responsibility which for me transmutes into self-reliance but see, there's a thing with self-reliance. I teach a lot of this. I'm a big advocate of being self-reliant as a man. But actually for me, part of being self-reliant is being surrounded by people you trust, respect, and revere to right. assist you in actually then going to yourself as your own port of call and then searching and then saying, brothers, I need you. And then go, and it's a cycle. It's like a wave, right? Or it's like a loop where you go in on your own first, then you seek the, the resolve of brothers, and then you go in on your own again and you go back to your brother's. And then you go in on your own again. And then if it's a, it's a, an issue directly related to your partner, you then bring that to your partner, but with so much layers of clarification and depth, right. depth and presence that you have with it now, right? Yep, yep, yep. And that's that's one thing I always get from my from my men's team as, as well is that we don't go in with the expectation that the, the circle will always be there because sometimes life circumstances come up and – We've got to walk that dark pathway by ourselves for a little while. You know, we're never completely alone. It's more metaphorical than anything else. But there are times where our support systems will unravel. Yes. We never know what the future will hold. So that self-reliance piece, I think, is, is really important. Because yeah. you never know when you're going to find yourself out on the dark path alone again. Yeah. But I do think that looking, always looking for that hearth fire to return to, mm-hmm. the circle of men who are gathered around that flame, willing to share and to go to the depths together, is I I just think it's a part of of being a guy of being of being a man in the modern world is always yeah. looking for where can I get that support knowing that there's going to be times where I've got to walk through my fires myself. Yeah, yeah, I completely resonate with that, man. I think it's an oscillation of that is where, and I make this distinction very clearly: the solitude and there's isolation. Solitude is deliberate because you know it's for the betterment of yourself and everyone that comes into contact with you. Isolation is something that you're passive towards or that you're apathetic towards and and you're a victim to. Isolation you're a victim to where you're not taking responsibility for being alone and you feel isolated and it perpetuates and it compounds in and of itself. And that's, that's a massive distinction. Solitude is very healthy. Isolation isn't. And that can be a, can be a death wheel 
I like that a lot, yeah. man. I really like that because yeah. that's an important distinction to make, especially just it's fresh for me because I just brought a group of guys out to the yeah. desert and sent them off into solitude for four yeah. days. Yeah. But it's very different. You know, it would be one thing if they went out there by themselves and they were just, and they had nowhere to go to, but there's a circle of men at base camp waiting to receive them on the other yeah. side of those four days of solitude. Yeah. And the power of that space of going into solitude and then returning back to the home fires. Oh. So, yeah, so big, so big. So uh, thanks for that distinction, man. Mm. I, I really appreciate that. And everything that you brought today, I, I know that a lot of guys are going to benefit from this, but I personally, this is a good investigation into my own process, my own dialogue around intimacy and sexuality. So thank, thank you for you. bringing that, man. Thank you, brother. I appreciate being here so much. Yeah. So before we go, before you tell us all about where we can find you and guys can work with you, let me ask you a couple of uh, lightning style questions. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, cool. Uh, so first one, what is one thing you've learned in your life that you wish you knew when you were 18? Ooh, willingness. We always come back to willingness, man. We'd be willing, for me, willing to explore the unknown, explore the pain, explore the trauma, explore the celebration, explore the fears, explore everything, man. Like be willing to go there and and not pull back because it's uncomfortable or it's a little bit painful or I feel apprehensive. Really just go in and just trust. Mm, beautiful, man. I love that one. And what do you think is the most important value to have as a man? So many, bro. One of the tenets of my advanced advanced practices and advanced programs is exploration, being an explorer. So I'm going to go there and, and that curiosity, I think it ties in really well with what we spoke about today. It's that curiosity and that exploration of self, of the outside world, of the inner world, of the cosmos, of everything. I was really that exploration and, and having that as part of our core structure and our core character, I think is very powerful for men. Awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you, that you chose that. It's, God, it's, it's just a powerful reminder for me is yeah. as soon as I think I know someone or something <laughs> is exactly when I started learning. <laughs> Still so much to yep. learn, man. All right, brother. Well, where can, where can guys go to find you, learn more about what you're offering? Maybe do you have anything exciting coming up in the next few months that we can let guys know about? Yeah, absolutely. Find me on Instagram or Facebook on my website, Stefanos Safandos. So my website, stefanossafandos.com. Instagram, Stefanos Safandos. So many exciting things for both men and women uh, in, the, in the upcoming months. But again, rolling with my Reclaim Your Kingdom program. That's an eight-week online immersive. It's a really powerful container where we meet every week for eight weeks. And we go through eight core principles of not just so much masculinity, but how to navigate modernity, how to navigate contemporary times as a man, relationships, sexuality, purpose, wealth, just really understanding our masculine nature. And then just providing some ethos and philosophy around, hey, if this is someone you want to be, you can you can go down this path. And some other more advanced programs around men's work coming up early next year as well, which will all be on my, my social media and my website as well. Yes. Yes, man. Well, we'll definitely make sure we put up some links for that. And everybody, if you don't follow Steph already, you definitely should be following him on Instagram. There's so many <laughs> you, amazing little wisdom tidbits that you drop in there on the regular. And if you want to stay abreast of what he's offering, that's definitely the way to go so Steph my bro again thank you so much for being on here I really enjoyed this conversation with you and I look forward to whenever it is we get to be back in the same space together because you're a powerful dude and I know that surrounding myself with powerful men is this next chapter in my life so yeah. I'd like to have you here yeah. bro likewise brother thank you so much for that and I reciprocate everything you just said thank you so much 
After meeting Steph just a couple of months ago, I knew I had to have him on the show. He gave a really compelling dialogue and facilitated a powerful conversation around men, sex, our sexual energy, where it comes from, and how we can tap into that energy in a way that's not just looking for sex. And he's so masterful in his way of creating simple ways of understanding our connections through sex and relationship dynamics, and really, really emphasizing the way in which men and women, the masculine and feminine, can understand each other better. Because it's it's so stereotypical that all men want is sex, and women can't find men who know how to be intimate in ways other than sex. And sure, maybe that's one of our leading desires is sexual intimacy. I know that's true for me, but that there's so much more that becomes possible when we begin exploring that territory, navigating that territory with our partners. So really, really valuable conversation here today. And obviously there's so much more you can dig into by following Steph and getting involved with some of his programs. So make sure you check out what he's up to in the show notes where we've got links for everything he's doing. Make sure you guys sign up for our Rising Man Fire Circles. If you guys are out there and you don't have a men's team, a men's circle yet, there's no excuse. All you need is a Wi-Fi connection and a computer and you can get yourself involved today. Also, if you're feeling the call to mark your passage into manhood and clarify your purpose, apply to join us for our Spring Compass Group. All the information for the fire circles, for Compass and everything else Rising Man related is now at risingman.org. Go check it out, including show notes for links and resources pertaining to this episode and where you can find Steph and everything he's up to in the world. Please subscribe and follow us wherever you're listening to this podcast. Leave those hearts, likes, thumbs up, five-star ratings if you think we deserve it. And also the reviews. The reviews are so huge and so instrumental in letting us know how we're doing, firstly. And secondly, letting other men and women who haven't found out about Rising Man or what we're up to, hearing your testimonial, your testament to what the Rising Man is all about. Everything you guys have said has been just amazing. Really, really amazing. Really impactful. Also really informative for myself and for our team. So keep those comments and that information coming. Also, if you haven't started to check out our YouTube channel and the videos we've started putting out, we've been recording our Monday morning meditations and putting together some amazing video content for you guys to start checking out every week. So if you haven't checked that out yet, make sure you go follow the links that we've got up on the site to find our YouTube channel, or you can just go to YouTube and search for The Rising Man. We've also got links and videos posted up on our Rising Man IG. So follow us if you're not already at Rising Man Movement. Shout out to my power team, Sean Offenbach, Rowan Tyne, Julian Subic, Mark Rose, doing an incredible job helping round out another powerful year of the Rising Man, getting ready for big things in 2020. I love y'all fellas. Until next time, rise up and claim your destiny.